Oh, sinners and choosers, welcome to Choose Your Own Religion. My name is Joe. Thank you guys for tuning in this week to hear comedians talking about their own religious history and current spirituality, if we believe in it or even buy that word. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I love this episode. I love my guest, Ryan Counts. He's uh, he's an improviser and comedian. He's, uh, he's a really unique approach to improv, and he's somebody that's as we hear in this interview, he's just very involved in the clubhouse, which is a local Los Angeles. It's like the hub of L.A. indie improv, and uh, it's also got a lot of good places for alternative stand-up as well. It's a place where I've spent a lot of time, grown a lot as an artist, and I have very much a debt to Ryan and Becky Drysdale, Jason Van Glass, and other people who are in charge of volunteering and donating so much time to creating this performance space. So, if you're in LA, you should definitely check out some kind of show at the Clubhouse at some point. I find it at Clubhouse Improv. And uh, yeah, hope you like this week's episode. Uh, for more Choose Your Own Religion stuff, go to chooseyourownreligion.com, Stitcher, and iTunes. Subscribe there. I love you guys. Jamaste. Allow the soothing music and uplifting affirmations to center your heart and mind in an awareness of God's love. Wake up, my dear sinners Wake up from your deep rest Won't you say your prayers Know that you are blessed I love you, oh, but Jesus loves you the best And I hope that you choose your own religion uh what's up man you know i am doing great things have been good i went to disneyland yesterday whoa i've never been it is the best on new year's day everyone is uh either recovering from the night before or it's blacked out for them if they're local residents so (laughs) it's a little secret but now everyone knows wow wait do you have a pass no uh, but we went before my wedding. Uh, uh-huh. I had everyone in town visiting, so we all went to Disneyland. Uh-huh. But my wife now couldn't, who's my wife now, couldn't go because of work. So this was mm. like our little getaway. Little couples getaway. Yeah, exactly. Wait, uh, have you been before though? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I am a Disney file. Like, I. Really? Uh, not so much the content, more the theme parks. I love uh-huh. the design of it, how they suck every dollar out of you. Not that anybody needs to be sold on Disneyland because I haven't been there. Yeah, but can oh, you, you sell? Can you sell oh, me on man. Disneyland? It's a it's an escape. Okay, it's a way to completely like I. My favorite thing is just the design of it itself is meant to close you out from the outside world uh-huh. so that he could actually put you in the experience. It's virtual reality before virtual reality oh, was a thing. Oh shit! Now you're talking my yeah. language. That's what I think everyone like that, and that's where I think. A lot of you know virtual reality coming and being the next big thing. Yeah, you could learn a thing or two from uh, what's con you know gone before. I hope that's what they're doing. Interesting. Uh, just the pulling you out of what you the the shit you live in, and giving you that fantasy that's tailored towards what the vision of the creator was. Whoa! It's almost like a uh, it's almost like um like the Tomorrowland thing is almost then kind of meta in that sense because they actually yeah. have VR. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny. Tomorrowland is the most underdeveloped land currently like it's out of date it's just so out of date (laughs) and i know they're putting in star wars land and right now it's serving as like a fake star wars land until that's finally finished oh yeah wait are they retiring tomorrow land uh they're not retiring it but i'm sure they're gonna have to revamp it yeah make it 
It just turns yeah. into another Black Mirror episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dark as shit. Lots of dark puzzles. and Yeah. I've actually, I've been, speaking of VR, I've just been obsessed with it the past couple uh, months. I got it months ago, then hardly didn't play it at all. Got the HTC Vive. Are you oh, yeah. familiar with VR uh, at all? I am learning through the experience of others. Like, my best friend yeah, yeah. is huge into it, mm-hmm. and my brother-in-law, soon to, well, sort of brother-in-law, he's not married, but he might as well be brother-in-law. And then uh, my sister's boyfriend are both huge. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I mean, it's one of those things where it is definitely like there was so much hype when before the, the Oculus and the Vive were released that it couldn't possibly live up to that hype of like, oh, it's going to change your life. It's going to be like a whole new way. It's more we're more still thinking of like future possibilities for it. There's, oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love I love playing and like dicking around and like stupid video games and, and stuff. And like over New Year's, I actually like hopped in a lobby like an alt space which is like a social hangout space and there was like a new year's party going on there and i like danced in vr and it was really weird it was like it's really like, cathartic oh, uh, and weird it's yeah. like being is like the next best thing to being at a concert and uh so that was that stuff is cool but it still is like you're it's still is fairly limited it's another paintbrush i think like if you look at uh film and how it developed and the first films were like they didn't know what to do either yeah. they were you know taking film of people leaving warehouses and that was entertaining uh <laughs> right. or my favorite's the great train robbery i believe or uh-huh. i think that's what it was where they had a, someone shoot at the audience with a gun and that scared the living daylights out of mm. you know hundreds of people yeah 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 i don't think there were thousands of people yet that hundreds. reminds me of this place when i was a kid uh called tweetsie railroad in north carolina oh do you oh, know tweetsie railroad i i think I, I remember it i don't i don't think i ever went there wait, but i definitely heard of it because i'm from north carolina well i lived in north carolina wait really how did yeah. i miss that uh i've been all over the place i, I lived in i was born in chicago uh-huh. but then i moved down to north carolina and, and then grew up primarily in virginia so oh, wait. i have a little bit of I was in Greensboro. Greensboro, yep. That's yeah. where my sister went to college. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Greensboro, uh, with uh, which Greensboro College? Uh, UNCG. UNCG, yeah. yeah. There's a surprisingly amount of colleges in Greensboro. Yeah. I feel like it's there's too many for the size oh, of this city. Uh, there's like amazing, five yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. Wait, where in Virginia did you grow up? Uh, Richmond. Richmond. Yeah, right oh, outside Richmond. RVA. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. been there a handful of times. But yeah, Tweety Railroad, that was like, it was definitely uh, before a PC culture, before the... Uh, before the internet had kind of like really risen and i is like but it's like train robberies there's like cowboys and yeah. indians like classic stuff for sure held in uh i want to say it's uh, maggie near maggie valley north carolina it's like deep deep mountains see you would love disneyland because that's what it was based on like they did a lot of the same things they had the indian village and they had oh you yeah. know the, the frontier land and stuff like that i yeah. know i would like disney i really don't know part of it is like it's this i don't know if do you have this la syndrome where it's like when it's always available it's so easy to be like i'll go next time oh yeah yeah constantly that's me constantly with the stuff. beach is that for me i have to make myself go to the beach once a year just to remind <laughs> myself that it's so close right i'm like i'm in california i have to do this for the boy in kansas yeah <laughs> who is dreaming of living in los angeles that's right yeah wait are you a beach person or a mountain person oh, i hate the beach uh <laughs> which is say, why i, I don't both. go no i do love mountains i love hiking yeah uh i mean like i consider the hills here mountains a lot of the times so i know everyone calls them hills but mm-hmm. yeah no. I, I love it yeah, I mean, yeah grandfather but... mountain do you remember grandfather oh mountain? i remember grandfather oh, mountain i love it yeah i actually remember driving up one of my because we would go we lived like an hour from there and we would go on like school field trips a couple times in elementary school and i remember this is one of those memories that just sticks out <laughs> to you that's not necessarily super more important than the others but i remember this one was I was riding in a minivan with my mom driving and then me and my best friend were like in the far back. Like there was a, like, so driver's seat, passenger, empty middle row. Uh-huh. We're in the far back. 
she's just playing uh, random songs on the radio and we don't and meredith uh what's the song bitch by, oh is it by meredith somebody oh, i don't know if i know oh, yeah. i'm sure i would know it yeah i'm, I'm a, a bitch, bitch i'm a lover yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but we didn't know she was saying bitch or what bitch was so we were just singing loudly along to that song oh and she got so mad so flustered and it's like uh change the knob yeah. yeah wait were you were you like were your parents very tight like with your like controlling like what media you could have oh, or anything the like only that? thing not particularly my dad loves uh, shitty movies like he's a huge <laughs> like I remember growing up honestly I uh, my dad wasn't aware of my self-awareness uh, early enough mm. so I remember watching like he had no problem watching like b-movies and anything with like you know boobs and stuff like that yeah, yeah. and so like I had no problem with that I think the biggest thing they had was I remember Power Rangers specifically because all my friends were really into Power Rangers mm-hmm. and I was like ooh, I want to be into Power Rangers and my mom was like no it's dumb <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's violent. She just didn't want to, have to suffer watching just it. Just that it's dumb. Yeah, it I was love just like Power I Rangers. don't want. I know. I I think the idea of robots is awesome and like turning into dinosaurs. Yeah, who wouldn't? Like, if I was to create a robot, why would you not make it a dinosaur? I know, that is everything kids love. Yeah. 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 Ugh. So it was just because it was dumb. They didn't yeah. have... Are we, were you religious growing up? So my I, I, I was raised going to church uh, every Sunday, uh-huh. uh, and I definitely... My my parents uh, tried to make sure to instill religion on all of us, uh-huh. uh, and we've kind of had... It's been interesting since then. I, I'm very... That's one of the things I'm so excited to do this podcast, because yeah. it really has forced me to, like, think about it a lot, and, like, how mm. it's... Uh, affected my life and how it's changed as yeah. I've grown up. Well, you said you said all of us. Is this a big? Uh, I have big two family? sisters. Okay. And yeah. Me. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and, then, yeah. and which, uh huh. And then which which uh, like which denomination was uh, this? Lutheran. Or? Lutheran. Missouri Synod Lutheran. Oh. You have to be distinct. Yeah. Because uh, we're not Elka. We don't let women be priests. Uh, <laughs> that's or right. Even in the gays. Yeah. Uh, that, I was about yeah. to say Missouri Synod. That's like the uh, the right wing. It's one. the one step from Catholic. Like I, I married <laughs> someone who was Catholic, and I was like. Almost everything, yeah, Catholic and everything but names, so, yeah. Gotcha, yeah. Wait, isn't there an even more conservative Lutheran one, like the Wisconsin people oh. or something? No, Wisconsin's pretty liberal, from oh, what I okay. remember. Okay. Uh, I could be wrong, I, I could hope. be. I could yeah. be even yeah. more wrong, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think Missouri Synod is typically considered to be the most stringent. I remember in Chicago they still did uh, worship services in Germany in German, mm-hmm. uh, similar to like Catholics with Latin. It was like so it would go to you know, they'd have the all German service. Okay. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We had like a Scottish version of that in the Presbyterian Church. Oh, wow. Because Presbyterians come from. Uh, yeah, basically Scottish heritage. So they would speak in all Scottish. Yeah, well, <laughs> all Scottish. <laughs> yes, no, there would be loud ass bagpipes in these tiny ass churches. That See, just, I'm into like, that. I'll I'll do that. Let it was like, yeah. honestly it was my favorite Sunday of the year. Just like full oh. unapologetically Scottish. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. That, yeah, it's like Kirkin of the Tartan is what they yeah. would call. Oh, it, it sounds like <laughs> something out of Braveheart. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So wait. So you're going. You're going to um, a Missouri Synod church. Yes. Big Lutheran family. Yep. Weekly. Uh, how is little Ryan? Is he super into it? Is he like, he oh, is, this is cool? He is into it. He's confused as to uh, like. So I had a, I was very awkward socially growing up. So I was not into the youth scene, mm-hmm. uh, and I never was. I was always sort of like an outsider. Uh, my best friends at church were the ones that everyone else kind of rejected, and were the uncool ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember my, distinctly my sister uh, and I going to the adult Bible study because we couldn't deal with all the youth in high school, mm-hmm. which was really neat. But looking back, also kind of like led me to where I am now, which is always questioning and seeking. Because we would yeah. go there, and basically they loved us because we would question 
everything that they were teaching. Mm. And I think they thought it as an opportunity to show us, you know, uh, how to, to, to <laughs> preach and, and to teach. Which yeah, I, yeah. And, 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 and I won't lie. There were moments where, like, they had good things to say. But it also helped open my eyes to, we don't all know, you know? Even people yeah. that are church-going and, like, uh, that are secure in their faith— there's still things that they don't, you know, quite know. And I think mm-hmm. that's fine. That's something, and, you know, I yeah, think yeah. everyone's allowed that. So. Being open to mystery. Exactly. In that space. Yeah. And they, they probably also appreciated that it just, like, filled time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, we have young people. So it's like, we're, you know, we're cool. We're hip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very hip. That was interesting. Something you said made me, uh, this is more of about my own personal life experience that I just, I never thought about it in this way, but like, because my dad is a minister. So I felt like a, a socially awkward kid a lot of times, but because my dad's a minister, I was sort of like, uh, well, I had to be there. Hey, yeah. I had to be there. Uh, going to youth group, going and being involved in those things wasn't an option for me. And also I think some people felt obligated to like be nicer to me yeah. for that reason. But then I also think it gave me an opportunity cause I know it's, this is maybe, I don't know if this sounds weird to say, but like, I'm, I know the group of like the sort of, church youth outcast type people that weren't quite in youth group but everybody knew who they were oh yeah that's exactly who i was yeah yeah but like i remember i i hope i and i feel like i could maybe relate to them more easily than other because i was like well i'm gonna have to be here anyway i don't know it felt like i was in a weird like uh i was and i felt this way all the way through school i don't know about you but like i would i I would feel feel too uncomfortable being too much a part of any one group so i'd be a floater between a lot of different groups i like to think that's what led us to like being able to do like I think good improvisers are people that can do that. Yeah. Where it's like you're able to adapt based on yeah. uh, who you're talking to. The and you know the audience. Yeah. And I think that's something that I have stronger than my sisters because my my uh middle sister, uh I'm the oldest in the family, mm-hmm. she's very against not I wouldn't say against religion, but she's not religious. Sure, yeah. She a religious uh, I think she's agnostic would be the best way to describe it. I haven't actually asked her personally. Yeah, she's not posting memes on Facebook about no. like fuck God. And, yeah, no, not and, at all. Posting Richard Dawkins like I, I know <laughs> uh it's like one of those things where I mean like all three of us kind of worry my parents because we don't go to church, but sure. Uh yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I can definitely talk to her and know that like what she believes, and I have no problem like with that. Yeah. yeah. And then I know I can uh, talk to my parents who are very faithful and make it so that they feel comfortable and that they're comfortable with how I am, mm-hmm. because I know what you know their worries are and how I can talk to them about it. So gotcha. And I'm curious too. How does your? I mean, this is something I've always wondered because Presbyterians we've had women ministers for fifty plus years now. Yeah. And so that wasn't ever, for me growing up, it was always like a given that women could be ministers and take leadership roles. But how is it, hey, I mean, do you remember what, I'm curious how you felt that being explained to you growing up and then the older you got and also how your sisters and how the women that you knew in the church would have like, I don't know, how do they resolve oh, that's that so interesting my mom was uh raised methodist and baptist i believe but mainly methodist so she never really was a subscriber to it it was just sort of like but she didn't really fight it either mm-hmm. and i think my sisters just didn't care enough mm. that there were no uh but they but i think also that's yeah. part of the problem of why they probably weren't comfortable with the church is they didn't feel connected yeah because uh, there was no one to be like you know their representative of like oh this is someone I can really relate to. Yeah. I think that was really honestly the problem that I had is I didn't, I never felt a sense of community mm. uh, within the church other than those weirdos that I was able to hang out with. But we would hang out outside of the church, so it was fine, you know. That was yeah, kind yeah. Of, 
Uh, so it wasn't like it connected to the church anymore. Yeah, exactly. It was more like connected. Well, for me and my friends who I met like that, it was like video games and shit. Yeah, and like playing outside. Exactly. And it was yeah. like I remember confirmation and like that's a huge thing in the Lutheran church. Just, Same here. Of yeah, yeah. And uh, they'd have a week a weekend getaway where everyone uh-huh. had to go out. Yep. And like <laughs> we had the, a confirmation trip. Yeah, and I'm sure that some people were like, you know. Uh, having some adult times in the woods and stuff like that, and I was just like, I, I remember coming back from marching band, and I had been at mar- you know a football game, and then I'm stuck going to this camp, and it's like uh-huh. something I totally did not want to do, and it was like it was uh, it was just so uncomfortable. Yeah, it was like I don't care about any of these people. You know, <laughs> it's like being at a, a a summer camp that you're not really a part of. Yeah, and and then just oh, uh huh. Yeah, I no, I totally relate to that. I mean, I, I remember even on my eighth grade confirmation trip feeling kind of more part of that group because it was uh we went to washington dc uh and it's, we did like a lot of homeless work stayed in like a shelter or like a i guess it was like a kind of a hostel or i don't know if it was like a, the upstairs part of a church i can't even remember it was we had sleeping bags yeah point. uh but i remember having like a huge crush on this girl uh samantha choate during that <laughs> during that trip and like just pining pining so hard but she was like one of the cool kids oh, and so yeah. the whole cool kids like there was like a group of five or six of them that sort of sequestered themselves off and i was like oh man and i remember listening to uh like all of the joshua tree on the way back home from that trip yeah. just like with or without you samantha <laughs> with or without you i can't live oh my god <laughs> that's the sad thing i don't even remember anyone from my from the the, the age group that I was in. Like, I, I know some names maybe, but... I mean, did you have a period where you were like, I really want to be friends with these people and they're just being dicks to me? That's the sad thing. I think with my sisters being part of the same group, I was just so detached. Mm. My social circles were different. Like, I was in Boy Scouts, and honestly, that was probably a bigger part of my life than, oh, yeah? than my church. Eagle Scout? Yes, sir. All right. Oh, yeah, got to. Wait, what was your service project? Uh, I built <laughs> I built benches uh, for <laughs> nice. a, a local park. I wanted to do something a little more extravagant, but I, I just couldn't. At that time, you're starting to get so involved. That's the thing that sucks is... Uh, with Boy Scouts, you have to be you age out at eighteen, so yeah. you have to have it done before then. Uh-huh. You don't start working on your project till sixteen, and that's like prime. Like I, I've discovered girls, I've discovered marching band, <laughs> uh-huh. I've, I've started doing social groups in high school. You know, it's like yeah, so you don't have a lot of time. Uh huh. But hey, nothing wrong with a bench. I yeah. mean, benches. I don't feel like I've ever gone to a park and been like, oh man, there's a bench here. Yeah, you know, always like, appreciated. Thank goodness, it's an appreciated <laughs> bench. There's a you know, and this trail now has a few more benches than it probably needs uh-huh. uh it's a three mile loop and it has six benches but you know hey uh mm-hmm. for those i like to think of the uh, you know when i'm 80 at all perfect those to use right <laughs> perfect size for three people four people kind of pushing it yeah yeah two people sure. you know me and your honey whatever uh, <laughs> um well that's cool so okay anyway back to church so yes. what, at what point when you went to college it was that kind of it's a typical kind of oh man so college was a yeah. rebirth Oh, a rebirth. Uh, because I was in the substance-free dorms. Wow. And so everyone that I, I lived with uh, was either in Crusade or I can't remember the name of the other group, but there were two big social... We had Crusade and... Uh, uh, there's oh, another one, right? There's always that. That's the smaller one that like had free dinners, and I would go to that all the time. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of smaller ones, but I can't think of... I think there was another significant one I can't think yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think I've always turned to church... When uh, in a situation where I had no one else, because that would be my parents' recommendation for you can meet people, and it's true, you it's do. True. Yep. <laughs> uh, I and I always and I do have friends that I met through those groups uh, that I that I became very close to, but it was always friends that sort of like became you know it was beca- uh, outside yeah, of yeah. that again. Right, right, uh, right. I 
it was something where I just felt phony because everyone was always so like I remember people that were really into crusade and they'd be like proselytizing and, and trying to get people to come all the time. Mm-hmm. And I never felt comfortable with the idea of trying to force someone or not force someone, but like get someone to come under fake pretenses, pretenses that they didn't discover it themselves. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a weird thing. I remember somebody, uh, I don't know if you know Rivers Langley, he's a comic out here, but he talks about like when he was, uh, he was kind of an atheist kid, but then they would have like the local Methodist church would have like a dream cast and yeah. like, you know, candy and like board games and shit. And they're like, all right, and now we're going to talk to you about the Lord. And that made me so upset <laughs> because it's like, you're, you're going against what you're actually talking about, which is, this is something you know, the beliefs that I'm trying to, to pass on to you is in someone that is so loving and so kind, but I'm going to bribe you with an Xbox or a free, even free dinner. Yeah. It's it's like, why can't we get you on merit alone <laughs> or right. something, you know? Well, they probably, I mean, that's a, it's a tough bind for them, right? Because they're like, well, we've tried the merit alone thing. Oh, I know. Can't really get them in here. Plus, plus they may not, I mean, who knows? So, it's a weird thing in general trying to market something that's like, supposedly spiritual and a like you know not materialistic but yeah like, but we need to keep the lights on we need to like yeah. we want to make this cooler and bigger the college but... we still need to get colleges approval to have this huge yeah yeah but i, I think room. you're right that like if ultimately if you're not in sync with that group of people if you don't want to hang out with those people then you're not you're just not going to stay around yeah i don't care what community it is ultimately i think that's what it boils down to is like i mean part of it is like and I'm just talking to myself here. It's like part of it is I need to like put in the effort too. I need to like maybe write out a temporary like early like rough patch if I in general like maybe the philosophy of the people there and I yeah. like what they're doing and I want to like be able to contribute to it. But ultimately, it's like one of those things where it's like if I can't have like many honest conversations here, then it's going to be really tough for me. Yeah, to if you stay don't find there. that really good friend, that's like, hey, we're in this together. Yeah, uh, and get a sense of community. Uh, that's one of the, the things that I remember taking from church, which was, you know, was it wherever there are two of us, I am there too. Yeah, yeah. and I think that is so true, uh, and I think it's only two, and I think that it's like where there's two of us, <laughs> I will be there. No one else. There's no room. Uh, you <laughs> know, yeah, this th- car, this Jesus, crowd. Yeah, this Jesus <laughs> car is for three only. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I mean, like, I find that to be so, like, I, I really don't get that much from a huge room of people. Interesting. Um, Do you know why? Do you distrust large crowds? Because it's the message is so distilled. I mean, or not mm. distilled. It's, it's so watered down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's trying to cater to everyone. And I think one of my strongest beliefs is that religion is a very personal uh, journey. Mm-hmm. And that everyone has mm-hmm. their own uh, way of discovering uh, what they believe and 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 the cre- the credo I guess that you live by I yeah, yeah. I love this concept like even your podcast alone I think is it it's more than just like a, a comedy sorry. ooh sorry it's my computer <laughs> yeah it's more than just a, a like a, a way of having an episode every week but it really is it's exploring each individual's journey to what you know could be something that they live by or believe in yeah thanks man I yeah. sometimes. It's not, it's like dumber than that. But yeah, no, I, 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 I've listened to it. I know. But, <laughs> but there is some substance. Like, yeah. in life, we don't want to live by just like, you know, you have to, I think comedy is a great way of getting people to understand the core concepts of what you believe, though, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, thanks for saying that. I mean, that's part of, I definitely think every, it's so personal to all of us. There are some, there's some similar patterns and, um, and, and things like that. I, and I love like, 
comedy in particular, why there's been times where I've wondered, like, is this the medium, the right medium for the things I want to talk about? But then I think ultimately it is because I do think it's like one of the a I I get uncomfortable with like over sentimentality. Yes. Even though I have like a really sentimental feeling type podcast and like vibe of it sometimes that has like a kind of like warmth. I don't know. Or I try not. I try to avoid that, though, because sometimes that makes me uncomfortable. To me, it feels like the it's it's the same thing as like spiritual pride or it's the same thing as like, uh, I don't know, putting too much stock in your own shit type thing. <laughs> and so I, why I love comedy is that it's a it's the best video I know of that you can constantly call bullshit on everything, including yourself, including things you hold dear, but also like still hold them dear and like just but it's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like a, uh, it, you know, some I've heard somebody talk about Zen in this way, and a lot of people aren't who practice Zen aren't going to agree with this, but this is the way I like thinking about Zen things is that Zen is like a method. It's the same thing as comedy in terms of like it pops whatever spiritual bubble you think you have to like, oh, I'm like such a good person now or for uh-huh. this reason. But And it's like, there's a there's a uh, and I'm I don't know I'm rambling but like no, there's no. a uh, there's like you know there's a line between having self love and having a, a genuine uh, love of uh, of neighbor and of developing things like spirituality and we need these concepts to help us talk about them but I think taking them too seriously that's one of my biggest problems with religion it's yeah. like taking your own narrative too seriously and not having enough mystery yeah in it, you know and. I don't know why this made me think of what you were... Yeah, within that, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it was really making me think of my biggest problem, which is the idea of uh, I'm doing this for, you know, reward, basically, in the end of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, right. I think, one of the things that, like, I was talking about earlier with the Xbox, come and you get an Xbox. Yeah. Uh, and, like, what you were talking about, like, coming up with this, uh, I guess, idea of your... Like, what you... Uh, Oh, uh, the bubble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, what, I guess you mean by the bubble, you're talking about like self, like what I believe in. Like, what do you mean? Like, when I think of like a spiritual bubble, and that, what I think of is like just having, like developing too much. I don't know. Like having too high of a, any kind of concept of like, I don't know. This is how the world works, or this is definitively what I believe or this is closing it's like ending yourself like yeah stopping your growth by saying i believe in god i believe in jesus right i found the answer i found the answer i'm done right and i'm going to heaven and everyone else that doesn't believe in my bubble is going to hell right that's exactly it yeah Yeah. so the bubble is just the answer it's stopping your self-growth yeah yeah which i think a lot of uh eastern uh practices i think outside of the west uh are very good at not having that because you're never satisfied you're always trying to find nirvana you're always trying to become the buddha i mean you know it's like yeah yeah do you do you meditate much at all or do Mm -hmm. any buddhist shit or anything so i don't uh in in in, uh any defined way Uh, Uh however i do love to run and i really find myself i believe that my running and my even just working out at the gym i have no aspirations of becoming healthier or skinnier <laughs> but i do love the practice of working out yeah. and i think that is honestly my way of becoming in tune with you know myself and with the world it gets me to stop being so stuck in my head totally me too man and it just has a for me it's a huge like endorphin boost just of i course. feel so much better yeah. after work it's always one of these working out is like a weird thing always when it's like i don't sometimes I, i'm pretty good at getting in a rhythm of it i have been for a while but like 
sometimes there are still days where I'm like, oh, I don't want to work out. And yet I have literally never regretted working out. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a, it's a it's, funny thing. Yeah. I mean, like, unless, yeah, outside of injury, it's like I've never, yeah. Yeah, I've nev- not even one time been like, oh, damn it. Why did I do a hard workout? <laughs> oh. Fit it in. I will, I mean, if I have... 12 minutes uh and it's like it's down to i have 12 minutes to do something and mm-hmm. i go for a 12 minute run yeah uh it may not actually do anything for my body or for me it barely gets my heart rate up but at least i feel like i did something and keeps, that makes me happy it keeps the momentum going yeah yeah it, totally for sure wait what did we get to before we dovetail oh uh, before we did that i was talking about the xbox and yes to me yes. i think that the concept of heaven and hell are that same thing uh i don't Really, uh, I mean, I'm still up in the air as to what I think happens after we pass. Mm-hmm. I like to think with eternity and infinity, anything is possible. Like, mm-hmm. Everything is possible. And yeah. It just keeps happening and cycling. Gotta love that Battlestar idea of mm-hmm. everything's happened and everything will happen again. Yeah. You totally see that as being a thing. But my big yeah, thing is yeah, I, yeah. I really despise the idea that you can control people with this concept of like, you know, I, I, I just can't, uh, it's unfathomable to me that someone who would put us here would like be so petty as you know without direct oh, yeah, direction yeah. I, yeah the heaven hell thing especially the hell part never made any sense to me I, yeah. well heaven heaven confused me for a different reason hell i was totally with you i'm like why would somebody who loves us and created us and knew what he was getting us into like yeah. put, he knew the circumstances he supposed you know in this theoretical model of like god being an old white guy in the sky yeah creating all of us and he's like and he knew what was going to happen he knew some people would never hear of him and so he would yeah. send those people to hell, or even if he knew I was, even if I had heard of him, I was a good Christian, but I had like, I just happened to, because of the circumstances of my life, happened to go down a dark path. He would like send me to hell potentially too. I'm like, why does he even care what happened? Like in that sense, why would he? Why would there be in that bad option? Like yeah. what? <laughs> my idea of there? hell is honestly that people are fighting over this. This the the idea of like, yeah. oh, I need to get everyone on my side or and, and that's the thing I don't understand either, is like you have so many Islamophobes out there mm-hmm. uh, or people that are against other religions mm-hmm. and it's like so what you're telling me is is you're going to basically kill someone uh, for not believing what you believe in, and then yeah. uh, dooming them to this place of eternal damnation. Like I, I, I don't know. It gets me so upset. Oh, me too. And, and heaven was always weird to me too. With like, what is uh, yeah, like how could you make a perfect, painless place that had any point to it whatsoever? Oh my God, that sounds like a hell in its own. Exactly sometimes. right, like a San Junipero situation. Have you seen Black Mirror? No. Okay, well, no, I need to watch. I it, won't though. spoil it yeah. any more than that. <laughs> uh, but um. Yeah, it's uh, I think of heaven and hell a lot. Sometimes I wonder how many of like, you know, these old religions when they talk about things like heaven and hell or whatever they, whenever they have a super cosmological aspect of it, like oh, there's an afterlife with a hell and with a heaven. Yeah, that if that message through that game of telephone that was bound to exist back then and through various edits and revisions and political edits, which is learning about all that stuff that that even happened was one big reason why I fell away from the church. Originally yeah. was like hearing that like, Oh, the Bible was put together in a kind of a political manner. Like it was by a bunch of men. Uh, yeah. Well, once again, it's like, you know, not even like, it wasn't even like the original one original group of men. It was like, you know, edits here edits there guy coming in after the fact being like no 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 no. we're gonna remove this part this book doesn't count we're gonna take this book out and so that's what makes me wonder if like heaven and thinking of heaven and hell is like these are states of mind that we can achieve right here on earth maybe that's what jesus meant by the kingdom of heaven is at hand is that you can live you can if you 
follow you know if you work to be a better person and truly see your neighbor as yourself if everybody did that that is actually how you can create a heavenly situation on earth not a painless situation but yeah um one where everybody actually is kind to each other everybody actually is supportive and helps achieve goals or you can choose you know to do the some things that are like indulgent and uh you might say self-centered and selfish and self-driven, very ego-driven in general. And then we end up in the United States that we have today. Well, which yeah. Which is hell to me. So <laughs> honestly, and is, yeah. it, is it that we were wrong that heaven and hell are what come after and it's not just a state of being now? Exactly. And yeah. I, you know, and I think, I think all the religions talk to, I mean, I just got a book. I haven't read it yet, but. He's getting a book. You can't see, but he's, he's reaching for the book. I haven't, I haven't read it. this book okay. yet, but I've heard good things about it. Ego is the enemy. Now, it's not a religion book at all. It's more of like a somewhere between self-help and like, oh, this is like his thesis statement on like what makes people successful or not. Is And failing usually has to do with like being too egotistical in some yeah. way. Or um, and then the same way, I feel like almost all the religions, they were basically trying to get at that themselves. I mean, like, you know, your ego is a liar. Like, yeah. don't pay attention to it. And some people, to some people that meant to not to because your ego is a liar you shouldn't drink you shouldn't you know indulge in like <laughs> all these other things that the ego likes you should be very ascetic or whatever oh, interesting. it's like people are like oh the ego is a liar so uh just reflect on like meditate on that like treat other people with pure compassion because they're also they have their own little narrative and their own little life yeah that you may not realize because you're just you so i feel like that's why we needed the system <laughs> uh, systematically uh, implement religion for a long time is that yeah. and also there was like all, all these explanations for like well this is how science works <laughs> through god magic yeah yeah it's like coming up with ways to rationalize everything that's going on right? yeah. yeah and i and i do think so and i think the hell in that sense it definitely i i know i'm in my most hellish states when i'm my most selfish you know when i'm doing things where i'm like and selfish sometimes means just being lazy just being like Oh, I'm just like gonna like lay on the couch. I'm not gonna work out, or I'm not gonna do whatever. Um, Sloth, right? I mean, like, yeah, the yeah. seven deadly sins. Well, well, all the various oh. nasty, weird ways ego. Yeah, because that's like maybe the nicest manifestation of the ego is just laziness. That's yeah. like the one that has the least impact on other people. Uh, but then you know everything from like being like thinking two terms. I don't know. Sometimes I this is like weird to talk about, but sometimes I think too like think too much career terms over other people, or like oh I don't know if that's going to be good for my like a good look for me or the things like that. That's but I hate that part of me. Yeah, I don't know if you ever feel that. I try to really evaporate that as much as possible because I, I think thinking in any time any kind of terms like that makes me a much worse comedian. Thinking I instead of we or me. Or, or no, wait, that's not right. Us. I instead of we and us, yes. To- 100, 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, do you battle that? Do you oh, do anything well, constantly. Like, I think yeah. we all do. And yeah. I mean, I know for a fact that one of my big things is is also just anxiety. And right, anxiety yeah. is completely driven by a selfish, uh, it's selfishness. Because you're, and I'm not saying... There, now, anxiety is a, a disease, and it's something that a lot of people suffer. And I'm not saying that you're wrong for having it or... Because I mean, I have it, yeah. and it's something that I fight with, and it's at the very least, it's a, it's a fate. There are phases of life and of moods and moments where you're like, you can't. It's really hard to feel like you have any control over it. Yes. in that situation, I, I have it all the time. Too. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and I've, I mean, I've done therapy, and I'm on medication for. I'm not ashamed to admit. Uh, and it all stems from like not being able to uh, detach yourself from yourself, right, and right. be part of the bigger the bigger community, right? Uh, and seeing that whatever is happening to you, and and as bad as it seems, yeah, you're still part of like, well, how is this really going? 
uh, to affect everything in the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's like, you know, going through, stepping through, well, this is how I feel and accepting that you can feel that way. Uh, that's not who you are. Uh, and, you know, let's not get fixated on it. Uh, totally. Because I definitely fixate on things too, which I think is the same problem. Oh, uh, I, 100% I have that problem. And I just, you know, it, it's crazy how assumptions that we make about other people or like when we feel like we've been wronged we i okay when i feel like i've been wronged yeah. i'll often make an assumption about somebody and that creates the narrative of being wrong when really none of that was in play into their thinking at all oh, whatsoever like driving driving's the number one case study for me <laughs> is constantly remind myself that just because someone cut me off or someone's like speeding past me it's not i'm again that thought process is putting yourself at the forefront right as if they are thinking of you which they probably are not i mean like i started wearing uh the safety pin after trump as mm-hmm. a lot of people are and mm-hmm. i know there's a lot of arguments against like you know, it's a false sense of like trying to medicate your guilt yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> for being, uh, you know, uh, not doing enough and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But for me, it's become sort of like a, a, a rope string around my finger of reminding mm. me to try to think of others. Oh, uh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Instead of like, and, and realizing that it's not what others are doing, it's not because of me. They have stuff going on in their life and yep. stuff like that. And that's what, you know, I think that's often what the message of Jesus was originally was like, you know, the world, it's, Love others. Love, as, yeah. love your enemies because yes. your enemies have exactly. It's not even person. Yeah. The hatred your enemies have for you is not even personal. I mean, that's the that's a, such a fucking mind. That's the hardest one for me to to do, and I don't. You know, I'm far from perfect at doing it. I mean, did you have you ever read, uh, heard of Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements? No, I don't think so. Four Agreements are are fantastic. Uh, it's a short book. You should I recommend you reading it. But it's based on like this old ancient Toltec, which is a Mexican uh, spiritual tradition. Uh, but basically, his four agreements are: always do your best, uh, don't make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Speaking of assumptions, don't take things personally, which is the other one, and then uh, be impeccable with your word, which means not only to others, like promises you make, things you say, intent, like, but to yourself. Don't badmouth yourself. Don't beat yourself up. And things this is based like, off of the Tol- Toltecs. Toltecs. Uh, yeah, and that's. I can't. I confess, I don't know as much that much about Toltec outside of the sentence I just said. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> but, but that's amazing because that's yeah. like I would love. Yeah, I'll definitely have to write that down in the memory banks to check on it later. But. Yeah, but like that, don't take things personally is such a key one because like, and and it's. I think that's a way we can really develop. I don't know, cultivate compassion and develop yeah. love is like anytime because there's people in the comedy world where I'm like, oh, like fuck that person, Dave. And they didn't respond to a message or they didn't, you know, yeah. blah, blah, million petty little things. But then I, so that's what I'm talking about too. Like I, I often find there's an assumption in there somewhere that I'm making secretly that I didn't even realize that I'm making. I've just assumed that it's true. And so I'm like, oh, they saw it and they just fucking said, fuck him, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it could be their phone accidentally read it, whatever. But then also, even if, even if they actually do have a legit beef with me, you know what? It's not even personal. Yes, it might even be specific to me, but it's not personal in a global sense because maybe I did do something that anybody would have like reacted negatively to. Maybe we just have a bad vibe together for whatever for some tragic unexplained reason. You just don't click with some people yeah. off the bat. And you what's know? worse, what's what's more negative? The fact that someone's ignoring you uh-huh. for some reason or the fact that you're giving in to uh, the fact that you know you're, yeah. you're, you're oh. getting anger at the fact that they're ignoring you. I'm feeding so much energy yeah. into that into because that. their their act of ignorance is is uh, that takes nothing I can ignore a text 
no problem and not think twice about it. Yep. But to be angry about it is going to take time and energy away from you. Yep. And especially when you you may it may even be a benevolent like oh I read it and then I'm going to respond later and then I just totally fucking forgot just totally slipped my mind. Yeah. I've done that before. Oh, and then, trust me, I'm the same way <laughs> with as many emails as I get. Yeah. I know. So I just that's also what I if anybody out there. <laughs> What if I had uh, like a thousand like? Yes, his fingers crossed. I know no one can see it, but he's totally. He's he's really he's ignoring it for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, back to we got we got off track. Yeah, there's there's no off track in this, this no. podcast. But um, I like it. It's like a river. That's how I look at life. Yeah. Well, let's roll on it. We're all gonna end up in the ocean. Yeah. Let's yeah. bend back towards Ryan and college. Yes. So you said a rebirth. Had a rebirth. Uh, started going to these crusade groups right. and quickly like you were talking about unless there's something that keeps you going yeah you start to slip away and i think as i found other social circles i started uh working as a projectionist i started mm-hmm. really becoming involved with making movies i felt more comfortable about myself mm. uh and i think that's another yeah. thing is that religion can really <laughs> this is so bad sounding but it's true at your weakest i know a lot of people say you'll always turn to god but i don't know if that's a positive thing <laughs> Uh, because you can turn to a lot of things, drugs and other things. I think it's yeah. one, it's not a terrible thing to turn to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it's like it's not the best time to establish a firm uh, relationship with God. I don't think, or whatever energy or higher force you believe in. Uh, yeah, it's like elections. So. We just voted for uh, Satan himself to be our president. <laughs> uh, and, you know, during the elections, everyone's talking about how unfair it is and how we have to change all these laws. And it's yeah. like, it's not time to talk about it during the election. It's right. time to talk about it now after the election so that we can be ready right. for the next go around. I mean, yeah, I see what you're saying. It kind of creates, it's like a, it's like a codependent or it's a de- relationship of dependency versus a relation of like mutual co-creation. Yeah, I'll thing. take anything right now, yeah. including the fact that I believe that others are wrong, and if they don't join the same thing that I'm joining, and that they're going to burn, and I, I mean, shouldn't relate <laughs> to other people. Yeah. Like, that is something that can happen. I think that's where yeah. religion, you look at countries where people are dying for what they believe in, uh, and by killing others, and right. it's like they're directly going against what they believe in, and it's they're driven to that out of desperation. Right. They have nothing else and we're not helping because, uh, you know, we're comfortable fat cats that are living in the West. Uh, I mean, but. I mean, think about that where it'd be like, imagine if there was some guy that just some dude in his like 20s or 30s, let's say 30s or 40s, some older successful dude. And they're like, oh, man, have you have you dated George? Like, no, I haven't. Well, when you're at your lowest, he yeah. will be ready for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly who you need when you're at your lowest. Like yeah. he only wants, like it's, I know it's not, they don't mean it in that sense. Like God only wants you when you're at your lowest. No, but I, it should be one thing I heard recently. Do you know Rob Bell? Oh uh, no. Heard of him. He's a, uh, he's somebody who's worked with Pete Holmes before. Okay. With, like he's a former um, kind of mega church preacher, but now he's like a quasi secular spiritual kind of weird dude. Anyway, you should check him. Rob Bell you should check him out. Um, he'll, be far more eloquent a lot of matters of the spirit than i am but uh one thing i recently heard him talking about was this jewish concept of like the world being a uh it's something it's a there's a creative view of the world where you are creating the world with the divine it's not like god's created this and given it to you it's that you are working with your sense of god the creator whatever Mm -hmm. to help manifest the world as something as the thing that you want it to be it's an active more active form than saying 
uh, the the opposite of that would be a sort of sort of static view of like this is the way the world is. You have to find your place in it. You have to just fit in somewhere. You have to like take what you're given. Yes, you have to deal with it, which is just a very uninspiring. And I think, that, but that's what I that's what I like. I feel a lot of times with a lot of not all Christian churches, but a lot of churches where it's like, uh, yeah, this is the answer. We got Jesus. We're done. Basically, I mean, we should help our fellow man for sure. We should like be make each other feel happier. But like, yeah here's the end point. Like there's no, there's not as much of the man, let's manifest this shit together. Yes. Instead of you know? being something where we look into the past with a, uh, I think the best thing is to look at the old Testament. Uh, I know a lot of people talk about, uh, that are still, uh, you know, uh, very faith. I don't want to say faithful, but religious, uh, in, in churches, they will say that, you know, the new Testament comes over and supersedes a lot of what the old Testament says, right. where we don't agree with the new what it covenant. Says. Yeah. The new covenant. And uh, to me, it's like you're you're basically that was a point of growth. And now, where's the new New Testament? Where's the new 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 Testament? Right. Like, why can't why is it that we're still we, feeding we figured off? it out two thousand yeah. years ago? Uh, and I understand <laughs> yeah. that you know the the Son of God came and gave us you know the words of God, but they've been like you said, they've been retranslated, they've been turned uh, by people who have rewritten them over and over and to suit their own needs. Yeah, yeah. Why is it that it can't be? I I was thinking about the other day, and like honestly, improv uh, has taken all the the needs of what I do, what I used to do for church. I was thinking yeah. of my parents; yeah. they get their community from their church. I get it from doing improv, yeah. and it's not a replacement. I understand that, but the idea of going to different teachers and having them teach you what skills they think are best for improv that help them. And then yeah. you take what works for you. And it may not work for you yeah. because you're a different person. You're a unique right. individual, right? right? And so why is it that, why can't churches be like that? Where you go to a Lutheran church, you go and you learn what works for you. Yeah. Then you're, and they don't look at any, they don't look at you any differently if you go to uh, maybe a Buddhist temple and you, you yeah. learn, and then you learn what works for you there. And it's like, we are all on a, this individual path of like, this is who I will be. And then maybe when you feel comfortable, you get a group of people and you hang out and you can share. And like, you know, it's like, like-minded, we're all really into meditation, Let's get together and we'll, yeah. you know, have uh, communion together. That's what we do. Yeah. Uh, but it's so, like, we're locked into these uh, ideas of, and, and I think a lot of it is, and I'm going all over the place now, but, I mean, there's a lot of money involved mm -hmm. and there's a lot of power involved, mm -hmm. and that's the big, you know, a big deterrent to anything like that. Yeah, I love that that idea of, like, yeah, you have, you basically you have, like, certain gems of, like, certain styles of, like, you know, like just that there's different MMA gyms, right? Yeah. Some people teach you kickboxing. Some people teach you, uh, like straight up boxing. Some are like, oh, we're uh, what's the one with the knees? Uh, Mai Tai. Mai Tai, yeah. Uh, which I almost took. I mean, not Mai Tai, Muay Thai. Yeah. <laughs> Mai oh. Tai is a cocktail. Your tie is sitting in your closet, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. What if you had like a spiritual? Like yeah. stuff like okay yeah the gyms Buddhist. you had gyms of, instead of churches you had gyms right and they're like you know what honestly a lot of great fighters have like combined lots of like elements from all of them I was looking I was thinking about people that uh, have really helped to kind of define a lot of what I agree with uh, before coming on the podcast and I I guess it's not like improv so I can do that right I can yeah, come up with stuff yeah. and one of the guys one, someone that I mean like Bruce Lee honestly if you read what his philosophies were oh, yeah. on martial arts. And fucking his, brilliant, dude. Yeah, Jeet Kune Do, the whole con idea of Jeet Kune Do is no style, but it's no yeah. style through all styles. Yes. Uh, and I, I was that. thinking uh, if I was to have a religion, that is what I would say, is that I don't believe 
in any religion, but I believe in all religions. And it's about creating yourself based on what you learn uh, and incorporating what you think is best. You have to be uh, the teacup. Uh, I mean, like, you have to be the water in the teacup, you know? It's like you can take the shape of whatever yeah. you need to, but you have to be ready to pound down on, on rock if you need to, you know? Dude, that, I could not agree more. I, I feel almost the, the same way with my own views towards religion. It's that, yeah, nothing and yet all of them and yet nothing. Like, yeah. none of them. And, that, you know, it's interesting. I It is one cool thing. I have heard – I've had – heard some buddhist people say before like yeah whatever doesn't work like forget it like yeah. you know if you if you compare this to science then and science says it's wrong then they're like okay listen to science like it's kind of cool in that regard but even still they just feel like there's a certain doctrine or roadmap that you have to follow it depends on the school it really For depends sure. on the school you because go to. i mean coming up in the church and i know that you're the same way you learn things that you probably still believe in and still hold dear yeah and i still if jesus was to walk in today I would be like, you are so right about so much. <laughs> you fucking nailed it, dude. Yeah, and I totally, I mean, like, I, I, there's a lot that I don't know in this world, and, like, I have yet, and I, I accept that. Yeah, oh, know? totally, and I, you know, I hope when one of my, I have this anxiety less than when I, certainly when I first started this podcast, is like, I hope when people hear me criticizing aspects of the church, they don't, A, they don't even think of it as specifically the churches I grew up in, because that's not always the case, or the Presbyterian church at large. I think actually the Presbyterians do, from what I see, they're fairly mission-oriented. They actually do a fair amount of that the stuff that I was just criticizing churches earlier for doing. Always sometimes I feel like I need to say that. Like (laughs) I don't want I don't want to like people to like freak out. Yeah. But um yeah, I totally one thing for me it was like I went through when I when I went through my kind of uh de-religious phase of just slowly unraveling everything you went completely opposite right yeah well i was yeah it was totally opposite for a while and then i started incorporating more and more uh zen stuff which was kind of like talking about popping spiritual bubbles it sort of made me question all of my beliefs and all of the good even the good things that the church Mm -hmm. had, had gotten me and so that was but then and so that was kind of a negative period for me for a while but then now it was through seeing that that i totally appreciate a lot of the principles at play more than I ever did when they were just handed to me by default. Maybe I'm less good at just naturally applying them because they're not like ritualistic and like automatic to me. But like, I feel like I have a, I don't know, a better sense of like, oh, now I know why we need to like, like why I mean out about what you believe in yourself. I mean, and that's, I think a really strong thing. And I think I know a lot of people that are scared to say that they're agnostic, atheist, mm-hmm. for for example, because of how, like, it's, I think that's the best uh, thing, like, that fear of, like, I don't want to go against, like, people to think that I'm hammering on the church, or I'm hammering on the, the church that I went yeah. to, because uh, you look at atheists, and I know atheists who are, they can't stand the the movement of atheism, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, we have to be against everything, and we're going to fight everything, and that's just not what they believe, and that's because this over, it's just like crusade, uh, even not to hamper on that, but like, if you have a movement that's so big, and so general, uh, the Catholic Church, for instance, right. where I know the, for a fact that there's really good Catholic churches, mm-hmm. but I think you have to look at a different, like, we have to separate church from religion, yeah, uh, yeah. from li- religions, from instit- religious institutions. Like, mm-hmm. we need to redefine what we're talking about, not the concept yeah. of, like, Catholicism. That's not what we're railing against. We're not uh, against <laughs> right. Catholic churches, which have, there are strong communities. There's also Catholic churches that are terrible and that are sucking money from <laughs> their parishioners. Right. But 
that's a it's you can't generalize. It's like you have to be specific. Yeah, we're not when we criticize Gold's Gym, we're yeah. not talk we're not talking about the location on uh, Green Avenue or whatever. And, and not only that, but if you have a shitty Gold's Gym, they're 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 sucking money out of you. That's right. Like all the turkey uh, fans, and then you're you have all the machinery is shitty, but then you have two or three people that go to that gym that are lapping that pool, yep. that are working on what equipment is there, and they're able to make. You know, and lose fifty pounds and become you know strong. And God bless them. Let yeah. them keep using that gym. But yeah. maybe you should question: Can I find a better gym? Yes. And it's all <laughs> about the fact that there were three individuals. Those individuals, like you have to. It's the people. It's people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and dude, I, something you, you mentioned earlier, I kept it's something I wanted to talk to you about before you came on. And but the, the with the improv being your community, and specifically you, you are so involved with the clubhouse. I mean, I don't know. So my own personal. How long have you been at the clubhouse? I've I've been at the clubhouse. Uh, I started tech directing. I think two years, like when they opened the new location. Gotcha. She yeah. She wanted yeah. someone to take over for that, and then I've kind of like worked my way to helping more. Yeah. Uh, and it's I just I mean like I'm not it's I don't even know if it's a real position, but <laughs> I, I do know it's a need that needs to be met, and that's why I'm doing it. Well, you dude, you do much that just like the okay, case. So that theater, I've seen it when I, when I first took an improv class like four years ago or something three. Four, I guess four years ago, uh, at the old location, and it wasn't at the old location, but I would go to some shows at the old clubhouse location for sure on El Centro, and uh, it was fil- it was still fun. Like I was fully into stand, like I was completely hundred percent in the stand up world, zero legs in the improv yeah. world. So it was kind of cool to see like what a different comedy scene of also dedicated people, but just in a totally different, slightly different philosophies on a lot of ways, different attitudes and like vibe and stuff for sure um and that was a cool the old location was cool i never really felt like a part of anything there because i'd never like performed there or anything but then uh this new location when i came back to improv started taking classes again and now the new location is open and it's such a it's become such a huge hub of the indie community not only for improv but for stand-up certainly for improv yeah but as more and more stand-up shows are starting to get put on there too she's trying to diversify for sure beck yeah. drysdale bless her soul yeah well i mean it must be because that's such the work you do for it as a volunteer is much more than most people who get so much out of that do so i mean do you feel but it feels fulfilling to you yeah it's completely fulfilling yeah um i cannot like i found a place and it's just like and i think i've it's like a lot of people that have found with the clubhouses they found a place where they're accepted for who they are they Mm -hmm. can do whatever they want without judgment and it's something that they can craft their art without any sort of oversight being yeah. told that they're wrong. Yeah. Uh, and that's I all think, we, that's a lot of all we want. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, recently, you know, I saw a post about, uh, you know, they had the, the pay hike at UCB and oh, yeah, how yeah. like people are starting to bugger about it. And uh, they were trying to explain that UCB has done a lot. It's allowed people to go on the stage and now it's time to start giving back. And I'm like, yeah, it, you know, it's become a place that's too big. Yep. Uh, and you have someone that is saying, yes, you're funny. No, you're not funny. Yep. W- w- regardless of how you really feel or anyone else. Yep, yep. And, like, I've never been asked to go on a house team there, and I'm fine. I, I learned so much at UCB. I hold no grudges. Yeah, yeah. But then I can come to the clubhouse where I can run a show. I can host a show any night. Yeah. It's so cheap. It's so welcoming. Uh, and the the work is all on me to get the crowd which is fine because that's what I wanted to do anyway. Right. Um, and I'm not having to like be on a wait list 
or uh, you know, waiting for someone to tell tell me that I'm ready yep. or approved, or making assumption again, making so much wondering about what do they really like me, what do they really think of me. It takes the the politics out of it. And that's the other thing because yeah. it is. It's when you have something that's so big, it's like it's impossible to to bring everyone on board, and yeah. so you have a select. And so you know, people will go out and start their own communities, and that's what the clubhouse did. Yep. And one of the tenets that Beck Drysdale made was that everyone is accepted. There will be no auditions or school curriculum. Uh, you know, it's just a place that people can come try out their new stuff. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the only time, you know, you'll be asked not to is if it hurts somebody or <laughs> yeah. damages the theater. You just res- And that's the other thing. Respect the space. Respect everyone else. And those are yep. the only two rules, I think, you know, the actual rules The do not, you know, it's not a do not. It's just respect. Totally. Yeah. And, I, you know, and part of it, too, and I, you know, I took classes at UCB. I hold no ill will against it i mean it's part of it is just simply has gotten so big like it's just yeah. this, the improv the amount of improvisers people looking to be on improv teams has exponentially grown even in five years yeah i mean even though the other schools i mean you have the nerdist the pack io they're all like yeah you know and the problem is too is they need uh they have certain you know they have they have budgets right and that's the thing you know clubhouse we pay the the rent for the space and Beck is volunteering just as much time as anyone else there. That's mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. Running, like, you know, working with the city. And I think it really comes down to it's a lot of the same reasons that people go on mission trips or, like, you know, I was talking about it being close to, like, my church. It's like, these are, I've gotten so much outside of doing comedy from just like the commu- sense of community learning about myself from doing this yeah. i want to give that to someone else yeah and it's a beautiful thing when you are when the gift is a performance space and a gift is it's not it, there's not really strings attached to it i mean it's like yeah. pay the rent but that's like just yeah. an expect that's just asking a buy and it's not saying you get you better be this funny or else you're not going to be able to exactly be on a thing and you know but like you're giving somebody almost literally a blank slate a blank a blank uh stage a black stage yeah up smaller larger and you're saying do with it what you're going to i yeah. mean respect the fucking space you animal yeah please clean up <laughs> don't make jason van glass hunt you down and uh <laughs> right. but it's like I, I don't know to me that's like and part of what uh and uh, you know i'm repeating myself on this podcast maybe you might be one of the only guests who may have heard me repeat a point that i've already made on the podcast <laughs> before but uh like one of my hippie kind of new agey views of like what i don't know our duty as human beings uh, <laughs> in, speaking of spiritual bubbles but uh we have like I, I see of humanity sometimes as like we're a big monitor and we're all each individually a pixel right okay and so it's my job it doesn't sometimes my job is to be blue sometimes it's to be yellow or red or but maybe sometimes it's just to be whatever i naturally am it's whatever is and to bring what's inside me out yeah and so the picture is going to look different than what i bring out whatever somebody else has bring out and so and to bring it back into ego for a second it's like the problems start happening when i start thinking like i'm more important than just a pixel yeah but then i also get if i turn myself off and be like i'm just a fucking pixel what do i matter and get dim that's like my that's depression yeah anyway the gift of the clubhouse the gift of this this space is so beautiful because it allows us to be 
the pixels we really are. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I, you know, I, I, want, I really want to pitch a book myself, if that's cool. Yeah, yeah. But there's a, there's a book. Ooh, All right, uh, that's me, sorry. Uh, there's a book called, uh, I think it's called The Art of Give and Take by Adam Grant. Uh, oh, I could cool. be wrong about the title. Yeah. But it's all about, Art of give and take. Uh, yeah, it's about people uh, who are givers, takers, and, uh, and and basically how there's some people that expect something in return if they yeah. offer something. There's people that will just give out into the world because they know they've reaped the benefits of other givers. Uh-huh. And uh, sounds like a conservative book, Ryan. I know. Uh, well, <laughs> there's it, the entitlement class, the welfare queens, <laughs> and then there's the job creators. Well, the whole thing is it goes into how much more successful. <laughs> thanks, I am a, a staunch Republican. <laughs> I uh, am I'm against not- uh, everything that you probably hold dear. No, uh, that is absolutely not true. Uh, <laughs> I just want to preface that for people that do not know me. I You're not going to risk it being a bit a on this. No, because uh, this goes into the aether. And, well, actually, unless Trump is listening to this, in which case I am a Republican. Yeah. I'm a white, straight Republican. No. Uh, you did call him literally the devil he's, earlier. Well, he's a fucking... Uh, never mind. Uh, no, but to get back, I mean, like, it's uh, giving... Uh, the, the big part of the book is just how much more successful givers are in the long run yeah. than takers. And that someone who is only thinking of themselves and like not uh, helping others without like expectation, and mm-hmm. then like and then yeah, 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 the, yeah. The part of that is you can't be doing it to be a giver because then you're still a take. You know, like totally. There's a there's a definitely a line there of like, but to to realize that if I give something that I have to offer and it's not going to do anything to me, then why not? Hundred God, that's so true. And like I think that's one of the weird like and hilarious tricks and hacks of humanity that's made it work so well is that when you do give you you almost always i almost always feel better when i'm in a giving mindset yeah but i trick myself or i get tricked whatever my brain tricks me into thinking that i'll be happier being lazy and taking more consuming more but then i almost always that almost always leads into a like a lethargic depressed beating myself up stage versus the giving mindset it's so it's like rejuvenative it's because it's so energetic and i think you're right we don't want to be only giving for selfish reasons in that sense but like i also think there's some fake it till you make it maybe there too where it's like yeah. you know what if you need to start off for a selfish reason because you're like i know this is going to make me feel good <laughs> i know i'm going to be like a, a so much of a better person by like doing this if and that people helps are gonna, reprogram you if yeah that, exactly if that helps just kick start the momentum and then maybe it'll transform into like this is just what I do because it makes me feel good. Yeah. And it makes other people feel good, too. Well, and after the election, I think I'm hoping that mindset starts kicking in because you have a lot of people that were donating to Planned Parenthood yeah. and the ACLU. And, 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 you know, this is my fear is that as the you know election gets further into our memories or yeah. as the devil himself said, uh, <laughs> it was so long ago, let's just forget it. Uh, you know, that the people will stop giving and uh, you're going to see, you know, basically the same thing that happens with blood banks after a big uh, disaster is people just forget. Yeah. And I think people need to, this is, this may be good to have someone that's so evil in charge of our government. It's going to constantly remind us mm-hmm. that we are our country and that we are responsible for doing what happens. Yep. We can't rely on politicians or anyone else to continue the good uh, that can mm-hmm. happen. I mean, the pendulum always swings in American politics. It always does. It pisses us off every like eight years or four years. This is more like the pendulum dropping, though. And <laughs> I, I don't think, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't, because uh, the pendulum swinging would be uh, Jeb Bush being in office or, you know, <laughs> sure. Mitt Romney somehow picking up the pieces and coming in. But when you have, uh, never mind. But no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but hey, 
if you're as an enemy of Donald Trump, he did wish you to have a good New Year. Oh, I know. He uh, and all the love back at you. I'll give. <laughs> I have stuff to give. So yeah. <laughs> um. So do you? Ha- we are about the show. We we've been going longer than I usually expect. That's fine. We've, it's been a great conversation. Good. Oh, I'm glad. Um, I was worried. Do you want to make up your own religion? I certainly do. Yeah, okay. I'm totally dumb. And I wrote. Oh God, you said something earlier. I was like almost the perfect lead-in point, but I wanted to keep talking. For yeah. A little more. No, I totally will accept that. Wait, you. you we wanted the gym like structure, but there was there some aspe- other aspect of it too. Uh, it, if if I was to do it, it would be solely on uh, um, honestly, I was I, I, from what I was thinking is that it would be the gym aspect, and I honestly like even martial arts in itself. Uh, I could totally see some sort of like physical activity. Yeah. Uh, whether it's like because so yeah, there's the con- concept of kung fu, uh, which kung fu isn't necessarily a martial art if i remember correctly kung mm-hmm. fu is actually in definition excelling at something and that's oh, it really yeah i know that from what i understand and uh so the, the idea of excelling at martial arts is just one facet of what kung fu can be you can be a painter a painter and and, be, yeah. and it can be kung fu yeah. you can be you know uh and even if that's not true it for the sake of this, it should be uh, like <laughs> yeah. anyone is possibly excelling at something and working on something uh, so hard that it takes you out of yourself and it becomes the craft itself, I yeah. think is really important. I love that. Uh, and so uh, I think to have people of like-minded uh, nature coming together for art, even, I think, honestly, artistic endeavors, yeah. like, you know, you have people that enjoy those wine and paint places why can't that be a church? <laughs> totally, totally. It's yeah. like, uh, and like, you know, maybe Soul Cycle. Do you know Soul Cycle? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's like a kung fu version of Soul, or not kung fu because we already established. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah no, but exactly. It's yeah. like uh, you go to your Soul Cycle gym, and then that's your church. It's <laughs> yeah. like this will be our service today. We're gonna do forty-five minutes, uh-huh. uh, and then I think it would be followed by like maybe a little small group of like expressing what they've learned yeah. this past week. And that. how that sort of fits into their lives. Is there any sense of uh, God in this creator? Only what you bring to the table, because I don't want to restrict it to uh, an overlining definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it should be something that's self-explored. I think it's that uh, I would hope that people find an energy, yeah, uh, or something that yeah, they yeah. can they can kind of express to. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I, I think the biggest problem is putting uh i don't want their i think the only rules is there's no rules there you go you know yeah no rules no regulations yeah Yeah. it's like you find out what you believe in and we'll respect that uh as long as it doesn't like the clubhouse you respect each other and you respect the space yeah (laughs) you know where it's like there's a uh i don't know i feel like there's certain people and i i'm so appreciative of the people for instance who take who consider themselves psychonauts. And I'm not talking about people who just trip, like take drugs all the time and then just like do it for recreation yeah. for funsies. And, but like there's, there's people out there who are, you know, risking a lot of legal implications and, uh, and things like that and their own mental health because they believe in say the power of psychedelics to, to bring about spiritual transformations, personal mental transformations, uh, and things of that nature. And so they, I consider them as like, they're sort of like explorers that are, their duty is to just report back honestly what they've discovered, what works for them or what not, yeah. what doesn't. And in the same way, it'd be cool to have a community of people who are like, yeah, this is what I tried this week or this month. Didn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> so well, avoid my dream, that. Yeah. But do, or this did work for me. And my dream would be able to be like a, like a Shogun or a Samurai, you know, a Wanderer, someone uh-huh. that's not attached to anything. Go yeah, to that, yeah, yeah. Go to that community. Like if they were to offer like a, a you know, just like 
uh, an opportunity to speak about the subject in a in a safe space, mm-hmm. and people can come and listen. And I mean, like honestly, everything that I'm describing is probably just life and people having to take the initiative to do it on themselves. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, like you're, and I think that is, but that's what I think. If everyone had that mindset, it would be so much. The world would be a better place. Look at you. I mean, you're exploring different philosophies and you're starting to incorporate them into it. Even and you're getting ideas. Yeah. Through this podcast. Yeah. Through like you know uh, of of what you want to explore or what you think can be. Like that's so positive to me. Yeah. Thanks, man. When I and I love uh, one th- reason I like taking different sources, not just in religion, but just in general, is that I somebody uh, I can't remember where this came from, but like somebody was talking about the idea of like idea sex happening when you have two different ideas and then you like bring them together and then you figure out what's like what weird things do they have in common what can you and that's how honestly i feel like that's how most things are created that's like because there's nothing truly original in the sense that everything is derivative but what's what makes you things unique is that they're derivative of unique sources of like multiple unique things the weird new combination of stuff that nobody else has tried the specific mix of ingredients. Yeah, it, it's like uh, oh, what's his name? Who put the the gray album? Uh, oh shit! Oh, I know. Girl about. talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's basically girl talk. Yeah, yeah. But why it's, not? It's Express, like yeah. So part of that is like yeah, opening yourself up to different ideas and different experiences, and just the the hard part is like challenging yourself to question your, the ones you actually hold. It's yeah. Like, oh, maybe that's not true. Um, are there any holy texts in this? Uh yes the yes. the library, <laughs> it's about going All to the library. Them. It's honestly I I would love there to be so many reli- uh religious texts yeah. and it's about study and you know uh finding yeah finding it on your own. Well you know and that kind of reminds me of like I feel like uh, I've never heard somebody directly say this but I feel like if you are in any whatever religious context you are whether you're like I'm a Christian. Every book you read is going to you're going to read it through a Christian lens. Yes, you know every Buddhist reads everything through a Buddhist lens. Like you just you you almost if you are a spiritual seeker or you're like kind of wandering on that path or whoever you are, you can't help but read it through your own lens. And so that sense, designating some books as holy or not holy is sort of like it's so limiting to me. Yeah, you know? and it's like talking about uh having and i don't want to extend this too long no, you're, you're <laughs> fine you're fine okay you're cool fine. but like uh the idea of like being born into a religion uh to me is is one of my biggest regrets mm. is that you're not allowed to do and i think we're something like you who was born in a religion and you went through a period where you had to reject everything only to start assimilating it back into your life mm-hmm. and i think that's almost something that's necessary to get a, to get a clear understanding of what you really believe in yeah uh because i, so. I know yeah. people that are born as you know christian muslim whatever uh faith and it's just like you are you you can't help but have that fear of like Oh, but what if they were right? Yeah. <laughs> what if my But then it's like <laughs> yeah. you have to think of all the people that didn't have that uh in their lives. Totally. Yeah. Um at so at these gyms, um, with our forty five minutes plus some for talking and sharing. Yes. Um, is there a youth group? Is there like a kids stuff? Uh, yeah. I think it's it's but it's they're formed on their own. I love the concept of small groups. And I think that that is one of the <laughs> Yeah. My church has started doing that. And I think it, if they had that when I was there, I would have had such a more satisfying time mm. where you are getting together with a group that you select, very similar to an improv team. I think the best are ones that you select, yeah. not forced on you right. by your church. Uh, 
uh, a little inside humor there. Yeah. Uh, but you know, and and you get to really be with people that want to explore the same concepts that you do. Yeah. Uh, and you can take that journey together because, like we were talking about, you know, where there's two and no more than two, maybe six, seven or eight, and that's it. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. And then have your your spiritual driver. Uh, the, you know, <laughs> I love that, man. There's there's something because you're. I remember we had smaller groups. I mean, in various situations throughout, like youth group and stuff, and then I'm in college when I went to my Presbyterian campus ministry group. But uh, the small group is because it's different than the big, you know, however many people you have, fifty, sixty, whatever, where you're just kind of drowned out. You're kind of feeling yeah. like I don't. But so it gives you enough opportunity to have your own little voice, your own little take, but also uh, get enough of different ideas in there too. It's not just like you and one person or... Well, I look at, like my parents were, uh, you know, the worship service is for God, the small groups are for you, right? But to me, I look at it as uh, if I was God, uh, which I am not, (laughs) no idea how he even conceives thought, but if I was God... I would have, it would be easier for me to enjoy the smaller things, the smaller voices, uh, than a bunch of drones spouting the same words. I would be interested in sitting down in those small groups and seeing what they're really picking apart. Yeah. Uh, if, and, and that is the, the worst. Far more entertaining. Far more entertaining and more <laughs> fulfilling because it's not, I'm not seeing them just, because would you rather see someone sing a song or would you rather see someone write a song mm. and, and have it sing to you? Like you create your own song and you can't, that's create yeah. a song as a as a huge group. You can sing it, but as a small group, you can come together and 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 do it. You know yourself. I love that. Yeah. Is there any uh, is there any evangelism for this uh, for these gyms? Uh, any marketing. The I think that the biggest evangelism would be uh, be be aware that you can seek uh, you can seek us on your own. <laughs> it, uh, to be aware yeah. that there is something out there, the only thing that needs to really happen is the education that these groups exist. Uh, you're not forced to come to us, yep. but know that if you ever need a place to go, like that would be uh, the message. Right on. Is there any sense of an afterlife? Any uh... only what these small groups discover? Yeah, or or, or believe. I, I I think that uh, I would. The one thing I would shy away from is the idea that there is a right way to get anywhere. Yeah, there's that. There's no one way. Uh, I think my concept of afterlife would be the simple idea that all rivers lead lead to the ocean. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I I used to think of different religions as being like, or different meditation practices, or different whatever uh, spiritual methods as being like different paths up the same mountain. Mm-hmm. As being like, oh, okay, so some sometimes some you got you went on the path through this point. Well, the left path is the more like. That would be the Protestant path. The right path is the Catholic path. And yeah. If you go farther down the Catholic path, like, well, it's like here, but there. sometimes I think it's just there is no, there aren't even. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's not always a path, and maybe you have to create your own path. Sometimes you have to forge your own way. In that concept, I love that idea because I've always said that I think that life, it's not about the end. It's not about getting to the top of the mountain, uh, which to me would be what would be the afterlife. Right. Yeah. It's all about the journey up the the mountain because when the you're hiking, hiking yeah. it's like you get up to the top, you breathe for a second, and then you go back down. Yep. You're like, well, uh, this is nice. Me, <laughs> yeah. To me, the fun is finding that path and yeah. getting up that mountain, and I think so to take away. The, the the focus on the top of the mountain and realize that hey we're gonna have a fun journey uh, let's make the best that we can of it now yeah uh, instead of being so concerned about getting to the top 
Uh, we're all here together. We're enjoying each other's fellowship on this hike. Mm-hmm. So why not just like focus on that? Right on, man. Yeah. Do you have a title for this thing? Uh, Name? Bruce Lee's Jeet Kune Do for the li- for life. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no title. That'll be it. It'll no, be the title of no title. No title, but all titles. No title, but all titles. Yeah, I, I love it, man. <laughs> Uh, where can where can people find you online and stuff? Oh, uh, if you want them to find you online, yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't actually have. I, I guess I have an Instagram and Twitter under Counts It, uh-huh. uh, which I'll be updating shortly with the new last name that I've uh, received from getting married. Uh, <laughs> but for now, Counts It, and uh, you can always find me at the clubhouse every second and fourth Wednesday at 10 p.m. Coconut Club, right uh, on. musical improv. It's fun. I, I do, and I love. By the way, guys, if you're listening, I do love Ryan's, uh, not only his musical improv, which I did your show one time with our team, and like I had never done any musical improv before. <laughs> yeah, they were so supportive. Uh, oh, it's, music brings everyone together. I love it. It was a be- It was a way more fun than I thought. I was like kind of terrified going in, but it was like so much more fun. Be like, oh, we just get to like make up Broadway shit. Yeah. <laughs> As we go. And no one's going to judge you, yeah. for sure. And I have a lot of Broadway tropes in the back of my mind, <laughs> more than I realized. I yeah, <laughs> we all carry them, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you, and I love watching you just with um, with uh, Train Caboose, too. Oh, Greg Lawrence Smith. Uh, Gregory Lawrence Smith is more than, than my friend. He's definitely a brother. Yeah. And, uh, and th- you know, that's, I think one of uh, I practice. I try to practice what I preach. I should say, uh, we we just are trying to find our own road, you know, and we're taking whatever works for us as a group. Oh, it's so it's a definitely unique. It's it's stuff people haven't seen before. Uh, yeah. So I love watching you guys improvise. So definitely, if you're in LA, check out Ryan Aww. wherever you can, and go to the fucking clubhouse. It's like the coolest place in. It's one of the coolest places in LA comedy for my yeah. money. Yeah. That- and Revover because <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Copper still every Copper still Tuesday. Every <laughs> anyway, thanks so much, dude. Yeah, this is course. great. Yeah, thank you. And that's the show. Once again, thank you to Ryan Counts. If you like this show, chooseyourownreligion.com, Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher. Love you. Jamaste. What's a creative podcast network? Oh.